Hey, welcome to a special, somewhat unusual edition of Talking Fußball, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. I'm your host, Matt Herman, and bear with me, folks. Indulge me for a moment. I'm going to be focusing entirely, with the help of another similarly uh, afflicted person, zooming in entirely on Hertha BSA. And I'm going to justify it this way, folks. This is a team that has been through a lot. Not just over the last couple of weeks, but going back a couple of years, to be honest. But more specifically about the last couple of weeks, they were in quarantine for 14 days. They missed three match days of Bundesliga football. That means they've been kind of missing from talking foosball, and I think it's time to remedy that. I am here with Joe Gould. He is one of the two people behind the Don't Poke the Bear cast. First of all, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Nice, nice. Yes, this is a, a fairly new, I guess it started this season, uh, earlier this season, a fairly new uh, Hertha BSA podcast in English. I guess it's one of a few of those, but, um, you know, it's the one based stateside, the one that's sort of adjacent to the uh, the Hertha uh, North America fan club that uh, I, I know a few folks from. Uh, so I, I'm really psyched to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks. We are doing doing good. You're right. We started earlier this year and, and it's it's been fun so far. It's good to talk about the team that we love. So totally, totally excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So speaking of love, I think we might as well start with the lovely stuff. And that is to say that, you know, in this, you know, week of, I guess if you want to look at it in, in, in a certain way, they, their first game was on Monday. They played another game on Thursday. They're going to play another game on Sunday. But the team has already picked up four points from a draw and a win against Mainz, away to Mainz, and then at home to Freiburg. That actually... That meets the criteria that was set out uh, before the week started that uh, Pal Dardai said that the, the least he wanted from this set of games was four points. I feel great about it. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I feel great about it as well. I think, uh, you know, we we did have that expectation. We've, we've met it almost with a game in, in, in hand, more or less. If we can make it seven out of nine, I think that would be uh, even better. You know, the, the pressure was on for sure, but... Yeah, I'm I'm flying high today. I'm oh, it was a great win against Freiburg. I'm super stoked. Uh as as I'm sure you are too and <laughs> yeah, that we definitely needed it. So it was it was positive. It's positive right now. And that that feels good. Yeah, one thing that sort of jumps out at me about this win from earlier today. We're recording this on Thursday. Was that Dardai decided to really change up the team. I think he changed 9 out of the 11 positions. So, you know, considering he didn't change the goalkeeper, he changed nine out of 10 outfield players. He really seems to be sticking with this, uh, this pledge that he put out sort of during the quarantine that a lot of players, he's going to bring in, you know, two or three new players on the 60 minute mark, a couple of more players on the 75 minute mark. He's really basically making sure everybody's on board and it's actually working. Um, how did you th- how did you feel when you saw that lineup before the Freiburg game? Yeah, it was a little it was a little heart uh, in the gut a little bit, just you know, or gut and mouth maybe is the better way to frame it. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting, um, and it, it certainly paid off. You know, you could tell that he had a clear game plan uh, going into that game, pressuring the back line for Freiburg. Um, they they did a excellent job of that I mean this this has to be up there with one of the best games I've seen Hertha play all season long um I, I, they came out flying right out of the gate 
um, put pressure on that back line. Dorita was really impressive to me. He was a total workhorse today. And and that was that was refreshing, especially since he'd been out for the last couple of games. It's interesting you use the the workhorse thing. I feel like whenever I watch uh, Hertha games, you know, put out with the broadcasters from Cologne, the ones from the DFL, uh, you know, World Feed. Mm-hmm. It's if there was a bingo board that you had, or or a drinking game, perhaps for watching a Hertha game, every single announcer has to tell you about the. Fedelunga, the the horse lungs uh, nickname or or something about about <laughs> Vladi Dorita. It's like not a game goes by without hearing about the horse lungs. Yes, completely agree. Uh, and and Dorita was that today for us. I, I felt like um, I just I was really impressed. And and again, as he was coming off that red card suspension, I thought, you know, I thought I felt like he had a point to prove. He got a start, and I, I think he realized that that card was probably not the greatest thing. Uh, nor was it very timely either. So, yeah, uh, was was impressed with him. And then uh, I would say Radonjic was also extremely impressive today. An assist and a goal. I was very happy with his performance. You know, he, he's he's kind of been on and off a little bit. I, I have struggled to kind of grasp where he's at in terms of of his. I guess, level. Um, and I think part of that's because he's kind of been inconsistent. And, and today I really felt like with him starting, he was able to kind of put his, you know, his name on the team sheet, maybe a little more in, uh, in darker ink. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he performed very well. He attacked them. He's super fast. Yeah, it was. He stepped up to the plate when we needed it and delivered, and and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I too was really happy to see him do well because he's a player who I feel like we've seen flashes of potential, but very little payoff from uh, up to now. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, not to say that he's the only one on the team because there's others, but he had become a sort of a, a source of frustration. I think for for me, for a lot of people. I was really pleased, though, not only to see him do well, um, but also, you know, he's one of a, a number of players who either had not started lately or not started at all this season. Jaira Dilrosun, Dedrick Boyata, who, you know, had a brief cameo in the Mites game, but otherwise hadn't played for in about four months. Omar Alderete, Jordan Tarunariga, these are all players who I wasn't shocked to see them play well because I've seen them play well a lot before. I actually like all of those players, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure they were going to, you know, just jump in the dune buggy and start, you know, bounding from, from dune to dune the way that they were. They were just, you know, they had a great game. All those guys. Yeah. I, I think it speaks volumes to how Dardai has, has changed the mentality of the team. I think that's part of what he's done is he's prepared the players to come in at any point in time. He's not really stuck with a consistent 11 um, since he's been been put into place. Um, a lot of that comes down to some injuries, some suspensions, um, you know, various things like that. But but he's been able to take the resources at his disposal at, at the club right now and prepare them to play at any point in time. And it was tough in the beginning. There was a, I guess, the feet in the fire phase <laughs> uh, right as he came in, just because I think it was, again, a mental shift. You know, he had to shift away from what Labadia was doing and and how he wanted the team to perform. And now we're kind of seeing the results of that. And 
we're starting to pick up form hopefully at the at the right time you know we've we've got some good games here to finish out the season games that i think we can win um and so it's it's positive to see that the players are ready to go they're eager to go they're eager to perform um you know you could tell it meant a lot to piontek to score that opener and to kind of lift them off uh the, the ground in the game um fantastic finish um, and and to, for him to be there, the right place, right time, I think was also um, you know something that we hadn't really seen too much this season. Um, you know, he's a player that came in with a lot of, of of promise, a lot of hype, and he's you know he struggled to deliver um, this season. That's for sure. Um, so that was that was that was good as well to see him get on the score sheet, and and hopefully that's a, a pickup in form. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about sort of like personnel moving forward later on, but I, I, I too was super happy uh, to see that. Like, he has gotten to the point where it seems like every time he does score, as opposed to not score in in <laughs> ridiculous fashion, which he's done a number of times, he looks he looks so relieved. He looks like you know when he gets down into his like you know power slide. Pew, 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 pistol yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> he just looks so happy to be getting his pistols out, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. A true, a true sharpshooter or gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since you mentioned winnable games and, and there's, you know, no reason for, to, to, to really think that that's necessarily going to happen because I remember the sickening feeling that I had in the Hinrunda when we were faced with a very similar run of games, although now they're kind of jumbled out of order or whatever. But basically the same teams that we're, we're looking at now. This was what, you know, I think not only the, the the fans, but the management as well, Bruno probably to a degree, thought was going to be the phase of the season where, you know, Hertha shook off the rust that, that had looked pretty profound at the early part of the season. And they were going to sort of start steamrolling a little bit. This was basically a bunch of bad teams or at the very best mid-table teams. And, you know, Hertha, at least early on in the season, was still thinking of itself as a team who had a chance to be mid-table or better, which, you know, I still kind of feel like the potential is there in the squad. But obviously that ship has sailed a long time ago. But, like, looking just specifically at the next game, which is the Sunday game, at home to Bielefeld, what would you say are the sort of things that this team needs to either do or keep doing against a team who, if anything, is just as feisty as Freiburg and just as interested in, you know, taking it to teams on the counter and making, you know, a lot of sort of gritty plays to break up sort of build up play? Is, is the same formula going to work against Bielefeld? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we might be able to to glean some answers looking back at the Mainz game. Mm. You know that that was a very very open game, very not the, not the not the prettiest game, uh, but but it was definitely open, more open than I felt like this this game today was against against Freiburg, and yet we were able to put a a, a clean sheet together and score some goals. So you know, perhaps looking at Bielefeld, what we need to to do is is a lock it down in in the back. That's that's been a, a an issue I think for us all season long. So if we can uh, maybe get another clean sheet uh, or or keep them out as much as possible, that's going to be a positive. And yeah, I think you've got to look at some of the players that started today. You know, they get to go again on on Sunday. Um, you know, I think today was a confidence builder. 
it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how Paul Dardai rolls out that that team sheet. It's it's so hard to <laughs> so hard to predict how it's how it's going to go. You know, you just you simply hope for the best. But um, you know, I, I I do think that today was a confidence builder, and and I think the players will be relieved that that they got the three points. I just hope that that relief doesn't um, sink in too deep, and that they're able to stay on their toes and realize you know they're not out of this yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I do think that both the fact that most of the the, the guys who Let's face it. A lot of these guys are not first choice most of the time, whether that's somebody like Dilrusun or, or Radonjic or, or Alderete. They've all had their moments. They've all had, you know, certain runs of games where they get a few starts, but not as much. But to see them play as well as they did is, and also Alexander Schwolo, like he has been a real enigma for uh air to this season certainly being brought in as as sort of the long-term answer and goal and not exactly like playing poorly but just basically looking like a replacement level bundesliga goalkeeper for most of the season and and on occasion worse so you know all the good feeling that that I think folks had about uh, Rudy Jarstein's return under Valdardai and then having that sort of pulled out from under us with you know obviously a really terrible situation a guy getting severe case of covid mm-hmm. i think created a lot of uncertainty not only for you know people like me and you but i can only imagine probably within the squad as well so seeing Schwolo play as well as he has over the last couple of games has been so good yeah, it's been a huge relief because um, I think that was a major question mark for everybody um, when once we found out that Yarstein had COVID. You know, is is okay? Well, are we? I guess we have to go back to you know what we call him Schwoli. Uh <laughs> but um, you know he's he's definitely proved it, and, and I think it's I think it's helped his confidence. He's had a, a great set of of games uh, since he's since he's come back in. You know, today he was absolutely outstanding. He made two superb saves. Um, it, was, it was really good to see. You know the the goalkeeping situation this season has has been tough. You know they they both Yarstein and and Trolley have made you know some mistakes that they probably shouldn't have. Um, I can think of one specifically in the Dortmund game, <laughs> uh, but but you know it's just a, a another punch to add to the season. And and this is you know kind of what we've been saying on on the show is that you know you you've just been really unlucky. You just get the sense you know. That that's played a major part in this season, um, you know, and and, and the performances on the field have, have definitely played their role too. But you know, some things like that, you just you just look at it and you go, what on earth? And so, yeah, for 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 Schwoli, I think you know his performances have uh, improved, and that's a positive to see. And um, yeah, he he doesn't feel quite like you know uh, a bench goalie anymore <laughs> he's he feels like it feels like he's stepped up his game a little bit so that's that's good all right let's let's just quickly look at the what's 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 ahead i mean basically coming out of this quarantine heritage opponents pretty much were all in two categories they're either in the fellow you know relegation candidates or in one case relegation certainties or it was teams that are sort of kind of in no man's land i mean obviously freiburg still have something to play for if they really want to play europa uefa europa conference liga which i it may well turn out to be a sort of another form of no man's land depending on how well you know fans and and broadcasters take to that tournament but yeah we've we've basically drawn with the relegation candidate and we beat 
the sort of mid-table no man's land team. Is that going to sort of hold? Are we going to struggle more against the likes of Bielefeld and Cologne? And then, you know, Hoffenheim are going to be on the beach on the final day. I mean, how do you think this is going to play out? We got four more games. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really good question. In my opinion, I, I think the, the game against Bielefeld is certainly winnable. Um, I would expect us to take the three points there. The last game of the season is against Hoffenheim. Not sure about them. They've been very hot and cold this season. Um, so you never really know who's going to show up, kind of like us. But yeah, you know, if we do get that win, that but that puts a considerable gap between us and, and uh, the rest of kind of the contenders, assuming that none of them win as well. And I think that potentially that could be enough. I just... I can't see Schalke putting up much of a fight since they're already down. I'm not sure what they have left to play for. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely hopeful that if we end up drawing with Bielefeld or, or even losing that game, the Schalke game could potentially give us the points that we're looking for to almost secure safety. It's going to be a dogfight. It, it really is. You know, as you were mentioning earlier, you know, the, the first half of the season when we faced these teams, we thought that these were going to be games that uh, we had three points in the bag, and we certainly have the talent to be able to to get the points. I think you saw that today. It's just it's going to be a real matter of you know mentally, do we show up again? I think that's been an issue this year. And second, you know, I think it, it depends on if our opponent shows up too. You know who. How do they come out of the come out of the blocks? So, I I would say, you know, I think I think conceivably we could get a minimum of of six points in the next next couple games, and I think that would be enough. That that would be my goal. Be interesting to to see how it all falls out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be watching. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about sort of bigger picture stuff. You brought up the first part of the season. I brought up the first part of the season. We all know what was going on. A lot of really sort of disorganized, disjointed, lackluster stuff. Rightly or wrongly, that's been laid at the foot of Bruno Labadia, who was the coach for the you know first half of the season-ish. And I would say, at least among... Hertha fans and probably among a lot of neutral observers, the team's better now that Pal Dajai has taken over. Considering personnel changes have been pretty minimal, I mean, there's you know been a couple of moves around the edges. I mean, obviously Radonjic, etc. But what was? I mean, have you sorted through what was going so wrong in terms of what Bruno Labbadia was trying to do? Because we, he's not like a, a superstar coach, but. He's coached quite a few good teams in the past, and he's improved other clubs in the past, but it just didn't work here. Yeah, in my opinion, I think he had a vision, and I think he was he moved almost too quickly um, to get us to that to that point, and I think that that caused us to stumble. He is a good coach, you know. He's he's done a lot elsewhere, but for for a team like Hertha. To bring in so many new faces in, in a season, and some of these guys are high profile, so they're coming in with some big personalities. You know, the, the, the changes also going on behind the scenes, I think, 
perhaps also played a role too. So, I mean, to to answer your question, I I think it's kind of a combination of those two things. And and I think it was almost a case of trying to do too much too quickly. You know, we, we had our sights set on trying to get into Europe and, you know, that seemed to be the number one goal, but we didn't give the team enough time to gel together and to, you know, kind of come come together as a team and put together those performances. Um, it was really a lot of individual performances coming together on the field, and that just didn't work. And you saw that. You know, you you saw individual players, Cunha, you know, uh, Luca Bacchio, having you know decent individual performances, or sometimes not decent individual performances. And uh, there was just a breakdown there, and. So yeah, that that's my belief of kind of what was what was going on. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I feel like this may strike you as weird considering uh, the source of it, but like obviously, Jurgen Klinsmann is mostly a dumbass. I think that I think the world has come to that conclusion, uh, at least in terms of his ability to coach a team. But the <laughs> the, the the dossier, which included the line, <laughs> the front office needs to be completely. You know, there needs to be a complete, you know, cleaning house in this area because there's just too much sort of, I don't know, sort of weird vibes, weird ways of presenting the club in, in, in the public, weird sort of not very open communication channels within the club. Uh, I feel like some of the stuff that's happening now is showing that that was true, <laughs> that, you know, Michel Preitz, who, you know, was our sporting director slash commercial manager, whatever you want to call it for, I don't know how many years it was, like 12 years or something like that, <laughs> was a hugely negative influence on the atmosphere surrounding the club. I mean, can you imagine if he was there that we would have fired both our goalkeeping coach and, you know, pressured the investor to get rid of this board member, Jens Lehmann and Salt Petri, the person I'm talking to about for to like get rid of them the day of or the next day after they say some racist bullshit. And now the club is able to do things like that. Now the club, you know, has a coach who just speaks his mind. Like, you know, we had for a while in the past. And, you know, whenever Darda used to speak his mind, it used to create kind of like static with Preitz or static, you know, with, with the chairman. And now he just says what he wants and that's fine. And that's how it should be. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing we're definitely seeing the change that, that you're talking about there, you know, at the at behind the scenes in the, in the club, you know, in the front office or whatever, um, which which is really great to see. I think it's something that's needed to happen for a long time. I think an, another factor to what's happening now, these changes that are going on the, at the board level and 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 whatnot. Um, I think I think Arnie Friedrich is playing a, a, a big role in that, too, you know, to bring him in. Somebody who's got a hair to heart. He's a real hitaner. You know, he's also played over here in Major League Soccer and and has kind of a maybe a broader perspective of of a global game. It's not necessarily Eurocentric. And yeah. And I think he realizes, you know, there's you know, there's an audience over here. And there there are people who are true fans, just like there are, are true fans over in Germany and, and in Berlin, right? And so you can tell that he gets along really well with Dardai. Um, I think that was evident a couple of games ago. You've, you may have seen the the little gif that was going on, uh, going around the, the, the Twitter sphere with the, the fist, bump. fist bumps. <laughs> the fist bump, right? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and, and I think that that's, uh, I think that's a really positive thing. And, and you know, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. Friedrich has, has been instrumental in helping our Hair to North America group, you know, become actual members of, of, of Hair to Berlin. He's really gotten the right people involved to make that happen um, for a lot of us. And, and for us, that's important. We feel connected now, whereas before, you know, even before the season, I would say even, you know, even before January, there just wasn't that connection, you know, and, and it's hard to say being over here, if that connection was felt in Berlin, but it didn't really feel or seem like it was. And now I think they're really trying to build that and, and it just kind of brings it all together and gives it more of a a family club atmosphere. You know, I think it's lifted people's spirits and has really, you know, helped, helped unite the club and, so it's it's almost like the old boys club, right? You've got Friedrich, you've got Dardai, you've got Zeka, you know, you've got all these guys. You got Freddie coming in this summer. That's right, Freddie Bowich. That's right, and you know, all these guys that either played for Hertha or they had roots with the club somehow, and it just feels now like we're finally starting to turn the corner and go to a a positive place. Like this is building now, and you know, before January didn't really get that sense, right? Even maybe before Dardai came in, you just felt like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's interesting you you mentioned that, that, that like they were still searching for direction because there had been so much talk ever since, and truthfully, even prior to, you know, Las Ventors and, uh, and Tenor coming in with all their money, you know, that's, that's, that's basically the background to why Dardai got fired in the first place, although that was not common knowledge at the time. That, you know, Michel Preitz was thinking, way well, we're, we're about to come into money. We got to get some, somebody more ambitious coaching this team, somebody who wants to play a bit more positive football, blah, 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 blah. All that, <laughs> all that crashed and burned. And now I feel like, despite the fact that we went back to where we were <laughs> before in terms of who's coaching the team, the infrastructure is now in place to do something good. I have convinced myself more or less that despite the fact that we're getting hold of about the best um, sporting director in, in Germany, I mean, Max Abril might give him a run for his money, mm-hmm. in Freddie Bobich, that is, who probably, at least at a certain point in time, might have had some other ideas about who he might want to coach this team. I have kind of come around to, I would like to at least give Powell another year and and see how it goes, just because I feel like so many of the problems <laughs> that were really plaguing us with with this transitional period of coming into money and, and re- renewing the squad, that he has seemingly gotten himself across to this this team. I mean, now that I've said it, we're probably going to lose <laughs> the four games and we're going to go down. But yeah, I, I'm kind of into the idea of keeping him around. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I am. And, and, you know, I think even if we go down, I think that that's probably the right step to make anyway, in terms of keeping him around, you know, if, of course, if, if possible, I don't see why I'm not, but yeah, I mean, even if we get relegated, I, I feel like keeping these guys around could give us the, a better chance to bounce back right away. Um, and, and, and we build from there and yeah, it happened. You know, you can blame it on a bunch of different reasons. It happened. We were we end up getting relegated. All right, let's build. Let's go. You know, right back up, straight back up, and then we work 
work from there to get back into the long-term vision that we have of reaching the, you know, a European competition. Dig it. Let's do it. Okay. So before, before we wrap this up, because I think we probably should in the next several minutes, I don't know how many minutes, I'm not in a huge hurry, but I want to talk about players moving forward. You know, there's a few lone players in the team. There is a fairly prominent uh, lone player not with the team who we're about to play on Sunday. And then there's probably also a few players whose contracts are going to be running out, such as the illustrious Matthew Leckie. Are any of these players who are sort of a bit more loosely connected, either who have contracts running out, who are loan players, who are away on loan, are, the, are any of these guys worth making a big effort to hang on to? Which is to say, Nemanja Radonjic, Matteo Gendozi, Arne Meyer, and Matthew Leckie. I've always been a big fan of of Arnie Meyer. I was sad to see him get loaned out in the first place. Um, I felt like he actually had a role in this team. And I, I really don't feel like Bielefeld has been great for his development, personal opinion, I suppose. So I, I definitely think that I would like to see him stick around. He is very talented. And I still think that there will be a role for him going forward. I can't see us holding on to Gwen Doozy. He has been very hot and cold. You never really know what you're getting with him. I think you could almost say the same uh, almost say the same for Kadira although he's not alone alone option um and he, we can talk about him another time but so uh, yeah Gwenduzi I, I don't think we'll hold on to Rodonich I would like to see return at least at this point in time if you were to ask me right now what you did <laughs> I think he is worth uh you know keeping around and then for Lecky, Lecky is a, a, a tricky situation. I think if we do end up getting relegated, perhaps keeping him around in the second division for us might not be a bad thing. Um, if we end up staying up, I I can't see him sticking around. I, I think we'll probably say our farewells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a second division player. You know, that yeah. was that's yeah. kind of always been true about him. Yeah, I, I actually I'm I'm with you. I'm maybe a little bit on the other side of things. I would probably, well, I, I'm, I, I'll go both ways. I, I basically feel like uh, Matteo Gendozi, both because of his age and because <laughs> I think we might have Arsenal over a barrel, let's just say. Uh, they didn't give us a, a, a price. But they, they actually didn't put a, a purchase price into the loan deal. But I feel like they're going to miss out on Europe for the first time in 25 years. So <laughs> there's going to be a fire sale of some kind. Whereas I think Radonjic has kind of a bad price tag attached to him, something like 12 or 15. And I'm not sure as a 25-year-old that he's worth that. But then again... <laughs> He's a winger, and we need wingers, and we actually don't need central midfielders, so I'm totally torn. I, I think that there are other winger options out there. I can think of a few off the top of my head, <laughs> uh, maybe from up, up north way. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a player at FC Copenhagen, uh, Mo Deremy, that I think would be spectacular if we could pull him in. I don't think he'd have a, a 12 to 15 price tag either. And then up in Hammerby, uh, there's a young Nigerian winger there who actually has just started to get playing time, but I think he's quality. And if we could get him, he's a little raw, but I like what I see. So Look at you watching Danish football, huh? <laughs> yes, it's a uh, favorite Favorite league of mine for sure. That and the Allsvenskan skin as well. So. Nice. You're, you're using using the your your ESPN Plus uh, subscription to the fullest. That's right. Know. Put it to good use. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. All right. Real quick before we cut things off, because I just looking forward, because we do have uh, work to do. And I think Freddie Bobich, one of the reasons why he took the job at Hertha was to probably just have a new thing to mold and maybe have a little bit more money to work with than he did at Eintracht. There is work to be done with this uh, squad. I personally think that in central defense and in central midfield, we have plenty of hands on deck. We probably don't need to go shopping in those categories, but I feel like just about everywhere else we do. What would be probably your area that you would think would be most worth upgrading? Yeah, for me, it's it's got to be up front, um, at least at this point in time. Goal scoring has has been a real pain point this season. You know, I, I really like Cordoba and I really want to like him even more. I think he has um, some, some really great qualities, but for whatever reason, minus kind of his hot start at the beginning of the season, he just has not really put in the amount of goals that I was expecting him to. And then Piontek, I don't even know what to say with this, to be honest. You know, he again, he came in with so much promise, a lot of hype, and I just really feel like he's struggled to to deliver that. You know, even today I was noticing that some of the runs that he's making, you know, the 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 goal that Pekarik scored, the second one, that actually should have been where he was. Um, so what is our, you know, what is our outside back doing in that position where our center forward should be? Uh, well, to be fair, he was at the far post. You know, Pekarik was the near post. Piontek was the far post. Yeah. And that's true. That's true. So. I guess my point is, you know, he, he too, I, I don't feel like either of our, our strikers or center forwards have really delivered. And I think we're going to need to find another option there over the summer. Who that is, I couldn't tell you right now. But yeah, that's that would be my main concern. Cool. I, you know, shopping for strikers, that's fun. buying sports cars man okay yeah cool cool and between you know bobich knows a lot of people his 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 new his new you know number two dirk dufner uh, apparently he's been working as as a player agent at a pretty big agency for the last few years so i'm sure he's he's probably got some good ideas coming in okay very very last thing just because i don't know how did you become a hair to fan and and why did you decide to stay within this fraternity of masochism? Yeah, good question. So back in 2010, I, I, it was really when I started getting into, into the game uh, quite heavily. And around that time, we started bringing John Brooks into the men's national team squad. And yeah, he was the one that kind of cued me into Hertha. Um, still a big fan of his. I, I wish he wasn't at Wolfsburg right now. Wish he was with us, but you know, he, he kind of introduced me to the club, and I, uh, Alfredo Morales was here at the same time, and that was attractive to me. That you know, they would look at you know German Americans or you know um, maybe even Americans to play for their team, and um, so yeah, that's kind of the beginnings. And then a couple years later, I ended up taking a, a trip uh, to Europe, and Berlin was a stop on that trip, and so I got to take a tour of the stadium. Uh, it was summertime, so there were no games or anything going on, but I just, I don't know, it just it just struck me. I mean, it's it's hard to explain, <laughs> but uh, I just I just love it. I mean, the you know, walking around that stadium, the history, you know, really feeling like you're in a, a, a special place in a big city. I don't know. It just 
melted my heart a little bit. And so, you know, from, from that point on, here I am. And I've been following ever since, following closely. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm here to stay. So it's, it's good. Nice. Nice. Listen to that, people. Herta is magic. It is. It's magic. It is. It really is. It's, it's, a, it's a painful magic at times. It is, yes. But it's magic. Yeah. All right, Joe Gould, thank you so much for coming on Talking Foosball. Everyone, please do check out the Don't Poke the Bear cast. Uh, where, where can folks find both the podcast and you uh, in, in the internet, social media, whatever world? Yeah, so you can find uh, the podcast on Twitter at BearCast1892. And then for myself personally, you can find me on Twitter at 12th Yank. And then um, our show is on both Spotify and iTunes. And we record uh, every two weeks, pretty much. And who's we, by the way? Oh, uh, yes, I should mention that my, my colleague is Ed Zelaski, who actually just had a baby uh, earlier this week. So congratulations to him. Beautiful baby girl. And yeah, you can find Ed. Uh, I believe his Twitter handle is at Ed Zelaski. I think you're right. I think you're right. So cool. Thanks. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on. Thanks for helping me uh, remind the listenership that uh, Herta BSA still exists. We're, we're winning football games now. It's pretty great. That's right. Yep. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Woo! All right. This is some next to Molly, y'all. <laughs>